welcome to another episode of A Sip Down Memory Lane. I'm Emma. I'm Olivia. And today we are going to be hearing some stories from Olivia's experience of working in a mental hospital. (laughs) Yes, it should be very interesting today. Yeah, I've heard some, uh, but I'm, I'm excited to hear more. <clears throat> also, I have allergies. <laughs> That's why I sound <laughs> stuffy. I'm fine, I promise. It's that time, baby. <sighs> I know. Even liesel has been having an allergy attack. Dixon's like, she must be sick. I'm like, you don't have allergies, dude. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling sick the other day and someone was like, have you ever thought about maybe you have some allergies? And I was like... I've never had a single allergy in my whole life. What do you mean? But yeah, no. apparently they can come on in your adulthood. They can. And they can truly make you feel sick. So it's sick. so annoying. That's, yeah. I've always had bad allergies. Every, any place I've lived, all ages. Actually, I thought they were getting better like a couple of years ago. And then, nope. <laughs> They're awful. Anyway. Yeah, that's the worst. I had, like, super itchy eyes, and I think that's yep. a telltale sign. Yeah. Itchy eye- That was the thing. Like, the other day, I thought that I was sick, and I was like, oh, no. But the back of my throat was itching so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh. Allergies. Mm, I don't know if I've ever felt the itchy throat. Oh, it is oh, the worst. Because then you, like, try to itch it with your tongue, and then it, like, hurts, and oh, Ugh, it's okay. horrible. Maybe I don't have allergies. <laughs> Well, your eyes definitely could be part. I'm not saying that you have to have an itchy throat to have allergies. Okay, okay. It just is what happens to me. Gotcha, gotcha. That's funny. That's awful. Well, what are you drinking today, Emma? I am drinking peach juice. I think it's like a concentrate or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, from Trader Joe's. From Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Dixon bought it a while ago, and I don't... I don't think I've had any until today, and it's really good. I think peaches might be my favorite fruit. We've really? T- yeah. I think we've talked about it. I can't remember if I kept it in the episode. Yeah, I, I think I have a vague memory of this. Yeah, but we did talk about how, like, I just... Any peach thing, I just love. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've been seeing this girl on TikTok. Um, she, like, films her drive through at Starbucks every few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she always orders... A black tea lemonade with peach juice. Oh. And it always sounds so good to me. Yeah, that sounds really good. Maybe you should try it sometime. Maybe. <laughs> what are you drinking, Olivia? I am drinking Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. Is this the first time you've had it? It is. It's the first time, which I feel like I do this a lot on the podcast where I'm like, this is my first time trying it. <laughs> um, but it's pretty good. I am intrigued by all of the different Dr. Pepper flavors happening now. I know. It's very interesting. I've only had a sip of it um, when Dixon had. I've been, like, really nervous about caffeine lately. Mm. And so, um, like, just how it affects me. And so I haven't been drinking it. So he's had all of it himself, <laughs> and I haven't had a full can That's because funny. I've been, like, nervous. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dr. Pepper is my favorite thing in the world, but it is pretty fun. Fun flavors going on, yeah. so no it's complaints. Very sweet. Yes. <laughs> That's one thing about Dixon. He loves the sweet sodas. He mm-hmm. likes root beer, Dr. Pepper. It's like the most rich yeah. flavor. And... 
so the strawberries and cream, I feel like it reminds me of those, um, oh gosh, what are they called? They like didn't make them for a while and now they've come back and they're the ones where it's like almost like swirled. They have cream like a- Cream savers? Yes. Oh. Doesn't it taste like a cream saver? It does. Yeah. Bubbly form. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. The it, orange cream savers? So good. Oh. I know. Cream savers are- really yummy they're so good <laughs> justice for them people don't do not talk about them enough. no they're so good Ugh. what are your thoughts you should all tell us what are your thoughts on cream savers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah dm us on instagram yeah as soon as you hear this go to our instagram <laughs> tell us what you think about cream savers yeah comment on the post yeah for today hopefully i've posted it by now <laughs> <laughs> Whatever post gets made today when the episode is released. Keep checking back. Yeah. Or honestly, any post. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Comment on any post and say what you think about cream savers. Yeah. If you hate them, we will remove you as a follower. (laughs) No, you're welcome. Just Just stay. Yes. But you should give them a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) We are their advocates. (laughs) Not a sponsor. Oh my gosh. If only do. Let's manifest that. I know. <laughs> We've been talking about how we're like, oh, we don't really want to monetize the podcast. But if Cream Savers wanted to sponsor us, we Done. can accept it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into exciting things. Okay. What is your exciting thing this week? My exciting thing is I saw a movie in theaters twice within the past few weeks. And I think it's now one of my favorite movies. What movie? It's called A Good Person. Oh, with Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Uh, Is it written and directed by Zach Braff? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's right. And, ugh, I just can't even explain to you how much I love it. It made me cry more than any movie has in a really, really long time. Interesting. I have been really wanting to watch that. I actually saw a short clip of an interview with Florence Pugh talking about why the idea of that even came about. Oh, really? I didn't see that, but I've had another friend tell me they saw that interview, too. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I didn't realize... First of all, I didn't realize that Zach Braff, it was his movie. I knew that they were working on a project together because they were dating for a while and they (gasps) broke up recently. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Spicy. Yeah, but they... So, I guess they've been very professional, though, and very complimented... Uh, complimentative? Complimentary? Com- yes. <laughs> Thank you. Complimentative. Complimentary of each other, right? Like, being like, oh yeah, they're just really talented, we really appreciate each other, you know, and that they've been able to work together even after breaking up and stuff, but yeah, she talked about how, like, he had, re- within a short time period, I think he lost his dad, his sister, and one of his really good friends. Whoa. Something like that. So, three really three people that were really close to him he lost within the same amount of time and anyway i guess that inspired this so it was a lot of like emotion that went into it but yeah it looks amazing yeah it's really good like i saw it with one of my friends and then immediately i was like okay whoever wants to see this next i'm going with them because i am one thing about me is i will rewatch a movie (laughs) same I will always be re-watching my favorite movies. Dixon cannot do that, yeah. um, but I totally can. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, got, I get it. I get not wanting to re-watch things, but for some reason, I just love doing it. So, yeah, I went to see it twice and cried both times. 
at okay. all of the same parts. Which means <laughs> I will definitely cry. Yeah. If you want to see it, Emma, let me know because mm. I would love to, except it's only playing in certain theaters. That's okay. But it is playing at the Vineyard one. Oh, pretty cool. close. Yeah. We, I haven't been to a movie theater in, I don't even know how long. I don't remember the last movie I saw in theaters. I love a movie theater moment. Oh, same. For a while, it was like there were all these good things that came out while I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and I had to pee every five minutes, <laughs> and I cannot miss what I'm watching. If I step away to grab a snack from the kitchen, what I'm watching will be paused. Like, I, I can't even just, like, mm-hmm. hear it because I want to be able to see what's happening. I'm going to miss something, right? Okay. So then we didn't go then, and then we just haven't gone since we had Liesl. We really should go, actually. That would be fun. Before it's not playing anymore, because... It would be fun to see it on the screen. Yeah. It'll just be a little girl's night. Yeah. We should do that. Get some snacks, get some popcorn. It's yeah. so fun. Little, little sister's night. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's your exciting thing? <clears throat> so by the time this episode comes out, it will have been long past since past at this moment. <laughs> Uh, but I had my birthday on Monday. Yeah! Which was awesome. 29! 29! <laughs> so, first of all, I got to make a video to that clip from New Girl, which <laughs> yeah. is like, 29? And I've been waiting for that. Because that trend just came about, like, a couple months before my birthday, and I was like, oh, Perfect. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And I don't usually advertise my birthday, because it makes me feel awkward. <laughs> I, funny enough, like, love other people's birthdays, and I'm like, um, you have to celebrate, and we have to do things, and then my birthday, I'm like, please don't even talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a total hypocrite, but I really enjoyed this birthday, and, you know, coming up on 30 next year kind of feels cool. I thought that would always feel old, and now I'm like, no, that feel like, I almost feel younger than when I was 25, even though my body does definitely not feel younger. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I was able to have a day where I didn't do anything, and I didn't feel guilty about it. And I, like, I played for, like, an hour on the Switch, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Shout and, out. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Liesl was playing in her room and I just like laid on the ground and kind of like closed my eyes and let her play but then I at least was in there and aware of her and I kind of played with her I got to take a little nap I got to take a bath and then we went to my favorite restaurant for dinner called Communal which if you live in Utah you should go to Communal in Provo yeah it's so good (laughs) and uh so it's just a good day and I think probably like one of the best birthdays I've had. Oh, yay! So, it just was... It was really good. Yay! I'm so glad you had a good birthday. Thank you. I'm so annoyed I didn't get to see you, but it's okay. That's okay. (laughs) I know. I know, it's... That was one thing I was like, did I try to see all these people? I've also been so focused on Liesl's birthday, since (laughs) hers is three days after mine. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready for a lifetime of that. Yeah, which I'm okay with, but with it being her first, I've been so focused on her birthday, and people are like, well, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want to do for your birthday? And I was like, mm-hmm. I literally don't know. Yeah. And even if her birthday wasn't around mine, I would still have no idea, but that just, like, made it even worse. And so I just, like, to be able to enjoy that day and not worry about other things was really, really nice. Good. So, it was good. 
Yeah, sometimes birthdays are so stressful because you have to make so many decisions. Yeah. Ugh. I had so many people asking me what I wanted. I'm like, I don't... I would just say, like, ask Dixon. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, he'll know better than me. I also feel weird asking for things. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who will be like, well, if you ask for it, then I don't want to get it for you because then you know what's coming. I'm like, well, Lame. so then don't ask. Yeah. You know, like, Dixon does that all the time. <laughs> well, you when you get old enough, you want what you want. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this grand surprise. No. And also, if I want something, I usually buy it for myself. Yeah. Now. So it's it's very rare. Although, I got some awesome things for my <laughs> birthday. Maybe I should say. First of all, Olivia got me a yarn winder. Uh, so you can wind yarn into a ball, and it's just like a little thing that you can twist. Because for anybody that works with yarn, a skein of yarn, even though it's meant to be like easy to work with... It's annoying. <laughs> it's so much easier to roll up into a ball, but then it takes forever. So I'm, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm very excited. Yay. It is put together. <laughs> it looks like a crazy contraption. I know. It looks so <laughs> insane. I was looking for them online and I was like, are they seriously what they look like? Like, what is this thing? It looks like a torture device. You know, it's wild. <laughs> Dixon got me some really cool stuff that I was so excited about. Some things that I keep saying like, oh, I want to get that. But then like, I don't think of it when someone asks me. He got me a gnocchi roller. Ooh. A little gnocchi board, which whenever I make gnocchi, I just like roll it off the back of a fork. And I've always been wishing, I've been wishing for forever that I just had a board. And now I do. <laughs> and then with that, he also got me a potato ricer. Whoa. Because I've also been wanting that because I've been having issues. Okay, the best time that I made gnocchi, it was with like cauliflower or something like that because I was able to get it soft enough, but I've been struggling with potatoes to make gnocchi Mm -hmm. (laughs) because one, I've learned that in the past I wasn't cooking it long enough so that they were soft enough, but I also could not get them mashed up fine enough and they'd end up like chunky and weird. So... The potato ricer will just help to make, like, this consistent texture, and I'm very excited. And then he got me one of those silicone pads, like mats, Mm -hmm. so then I can roll out pasta dough on it, which will be so nice, because, like, the pasta dough that I make, and I've been making it pretty regularly, we haven't bought dried noodles for, like, two or three months, I just keep making it fresh, so it's, like, the easiest thing in the world. And it's fine because it doesn't get terribly sticky, but it still sticks a little bit to the counters and stuff, and it's annoying. And so with the silicone, it's like, one, it should hopefully stick less. Two, that means I also need to do, like, a lot less cleanup. I can just wipe off the counter instead of, like, scrubbing it. Our kitchen's very small, so the counters are always Mm -hmm. dirty. Um, And then when it's time to clean up, I can just take that and, like, dump stuff off of it and, like, rinse it off just kind of call it good yeah so I and it's a nice silicone pad because it's got all these different measurements on it and so it'll be useful for a lot of things and I was so excited I was really proud of him for thinking of that <laughs> yeah it those was are great. really cool like unique kitchen things to have yeah and useful too it's not just like this random potato riser and you're like wow I've never thought to rice a potato thank yeah. you <laughs> no it's literally something I've been wanting for yeah. forever and so that was awesome and then um, we're going to Disneyland in May which was like a 
present from my parents last year that they're paying for us to go, but then they also, for my gift this year, they're paying for the hotel as well. <gasps> no way! So we literally only have to pay to get out there. Oh my which gosh! Is great. How exciting! Yeah, so very, very, very excited. It was a great birthday. Yay! <laughs> All your favorite things. All my favorite things. <laughs> so, it's great. Well, okay, let's get into your stories. <laughs> okay. And you have a little disclaimer, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So I I worked at the state mental hospital in Utah. And I just wanted to say really quick before telling these stories. Um, obviously, I'm going to be talking about some patients I worked with who had pretty severe mental disorders. And I... I'm in no way trying to, like, make fun of them or make fun of mental illness in general or the, I guess, like, the the repercussions that mental illness has in a lot of people's lives. Like, it's a very serious thing. Um, but throughout my time in college and especially at my time at this job, it was always... There was always a huge emphasis put on, like, you have to have a sense of humor and you have to be able to, like, have fun and just, like, not take things too seriously either. And so, I don't know. Like, obviously, some of these things that happen are very silly, but I do want to just say that I I don't want to um, make anyone feel like I'm <laughs> poking fun or, um, I don't know. I just have a lot of compassion for people with these kinds of struggles and I hope that it doesn't come off the wrong way (laughs) well and coming from my end observing you working at this job I knew how much you cared about the patients you were working with and how much you cared that they were comfortable and happy and heard and well taken care of but funny things happen in situations like that yeah when you've got a bunch of grown men And honestly, they don't need to have a mental illness. <laughs> you have a bunch of grown men living in a confined space together. Funny things are going to happen. <laughs> mental illness. You're so right. So. <laughs> men do silly things all the time. Yeah. Also, the serious things you probably have to keep confidential. Yeah. So you can't really share with them. That's true. Yeah. A lot of them. I'm like, he was on this medication. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So to preface a few of these stories, um, I worked in a unit that was specifically for men who have criminal charges and also have severe mental illnesses that they're being treated for. Um, And basically they were receiving treatment so that they could go to court and stand trial for the charges that they have. Um, So... You know, some of these guys have done some pretty severe, (laughs) severe things in society. Um, But they have the biggest hearts. Okay. (laughs) Right, because they were there because they weren't even deemed competent to understand their sentences to go to prison. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the purpose of them being in that unit was to regain competency is what they call it to um be put on medications to be going to therapy receiving treatment to regain some of their mental capacity that they have lost due to mental illness so yeah um yeah i'm trying to decide what story to start with (laughs) 
Well, I want to add something to that. Okay. I think it's a really cool program, and I know we're going to get into some funny stories, so I'll say one, <laughs> one last, like, serious thing. I think it's a cool setup because you think about how many people just get thrown into the system, one, unfairly, and two, that maybe don't fully understand what's going on. And so for these people who, you know, obviously you want to hold them responsible for their actions because they committed a crime, but... Mm-hmm. So many of them also, like, are so unaware of what they were doing or even what they're capable of because their mental illnesses were so, so strong. Yeah. And so it it was really cool to see. I didn't know that that was a program that was set in place until you worked there. So it was really cool to know, like, okay, hopefully these people are taken care of to the point where you know they are able to understand and get to a point where it's like oh I did this thing so now I can serve this time and then hopefully by the time they're done with like their actual sentences then like they can be better they can participate better in life afterwards yeah (laughs) because they're able to fully understand and comprehend what it was that happened and so just like being thrown in and like having no idea and potentially driving them further into I hate to say insanity but that's the only word that I can think of Mm -hmm. um to where like then it's like damaging to them and more people around them because they can't control themselves and their actions so and hopefully that all sounded politically correct I'm I know I'm like it's a a tough but it's okay yeah tough line (laughs) I what I'm trying to say is I think it's a really great program and um really happy that they're given opportunities to be able to grow and like Mm -hmm. prove themselves as great members of society you know yeah yeah and it's really cool that I got to see that transition of when they came in had like very very severe symptoms of psychosis and not a firm grasp on reality and then kind of seeing like medications and therapy start working and Mm -hmm. see them kind of come to and be themselves and show their personalities um and grow it was like a really cool transition and I appreciate the chance I got to see that yeah and they tried to like get that to be like a fairly quick process too right like they were like we don't want people just like hanging out here for forever and not getting help right they were really focused on like actually figuring out what they needed like Mm -hmm. as soon as you know as efficiently as possible yeah because the the sooner you serve the time for your charges the sooner you can get out and start living your life again yeah um yeah it was it was a cool experience so cool i hope that is reflected in these stories (laughs) (laughs) okay the first one i'm going to talk about is about a man (laughs) a patient who came in to the hospital um, with some pretty serious delusions that he was Jesus Christ, mm. <laughs> which we encountered a few different times. Um, part of his delusional behavior, quote unquote, um, is he would stand in the corner of his bedroom or anywhere, like the main areas, uh, but mainly his bedroom. He would stand with his arms outstretched and his head bowed and his eyes closed and that's how you know you would know that he was in his um meditative state Mm -hmm. and he was receiving judgment 
for other people is what he would call it. (laughs) And one time I asked him about it and I was like, so what do you mean by your performing judgment or your receiving judgment for people? And he was like, oh, well, I can just like look at someone and start meditating about them and I'll know whether they're going to go to heaven or to hell. And so I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I wonder what he would say about me. (laughs) First of all, what I love is this is not you being like, oh, I'm going to mess with him. You're like, I genuinely want to know. Am I going to heaven or hell? I know. I'm like, am I a good person? Yeah. In the eyes of this mentally ill man. Honestly, I think you're (laughs) the fact that you're like, this is real, sort of. (laughs) It's <laughs> like funnier to me than the fact that he thought he was Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> You're like, I truly want to know. <laughs> I know. Just tell me. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, so what do you think about me? Where am I going to go? And he was like, oh, for sure. Heaven. Of course. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was like, that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> so You should. <laughs> that was a funny thing to say. You should. <laughs> Really, truly, you're an angel. (laughs) So, um, a few days later, we were handing out cups of coffee. And this patient in particular loved himself a cup of black coffee. Mm. And they were allowed to have two cups of coffee every day. He had already had his two. And he came up and he saw that there was, like, some coffee in the coffee maker still. And he was like... Hey, Olivia, hook me up with an extra cup of coffee. And I was like, sorry, I can't do that. I, I'm i not allowed. It's part of your medical stipulations. You can only have a certain amount of caffeine, whatever. He was like, okay, fine, whatever. Then at lunchtime, he asked for extra mayonnaise packets. <laughs> <laughs> and they were only allowed a certain number of condiment packets a day also. Um, this was most of my job, just, like, policing things. Right. Um, so, these two events happened in the same day where I was like, sorry, you can't have those. I'm cutting you off. And then, after this mayonnaise incident, (laughs) he comes up to me, looks me dead in the eyes, and he goes, you know what? You're going to the depths of hell. I've changed my mind. I was like, the coffee and the mayo, they did me in. They did me dirty. Shoot. You can't, you know. (laughs) Can't deny a man is mayo. He was a really funny one. And um, surprisingly, that was not the last incident of a patient believing they were Jesus. So That's a fascinating thing. Yeah. Happened multiple times. Yeah. That you, there are a lot of... um, people that you hear about that they have mental illness and they commit crimes and they do claim that they're Christ. Yeah. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It really is. This next story is probably, this is about probably one of my favorite patients that I worked with just because he would do the wackiest things and he was pretty nice for the most part. Um, he had this quirky little thing (laughs) where he would drink copious amounts of water on purpose to try and vomit up his medications because he didn't want to take them um but he was on like forced meds so 
he had to. Yeah. Um, so he would drink water constantly. And we had to, like, cut him off on his water intake. Um, but we had a new person there this day that didn't know about the water intake situation. So they were giving this guy just cup after cup after cup of water. And we were like, oh, no, we got to cut him off. Um, before we could cut off the water situation, <laughs> he starts throwing up into multiple foam cups. <laughs> I've heard this story. I didn't know it was multiple. Yeah. Um, or I can't remember if there were multiple cups or if he just kept puking into the same cup and then, like, dumping it out. Um, but regardless, he had puked into this <laughs> foam cup. And he was just walking around with it. And... I was, like, trying to get him to do this task. I didn't know there was puke in the cup. And he goes, here, hold this for me. (laughs) And because he had been drinking so much water, it just looked like a glass of water to me. Yeah. And I did not realize it was puke until a few minutes later when my coworker told me. Um, But, yeah, I was just carrying around this cup of puke for a few minutes without realizing it. And then he just took it back. Um, and then we then told him that he was not allowed to drink any more water. So he drank the contents of that cup. <laughs> he was like, well, fine. He was like, this is basically water. <laughs> okay, this one is kind of fun and okay. funny. Um. Which, this doesn't even have to do with someone being delusional or mentally ill. This one is just, um, like, an interesting, fun experience I had with a patient. <laughs> uh, for some context, I was really good friends with one of my coworkers who is also gay. <laughs> Which, that is a key component of the story. <laughs> Not because <laughs> Olivia doesn't want you to think he was in love. she was in love with him. Yes. <laughs> he that is a key component because um he for obvious reasons would not share his sexual orientation with the patients because, yeah. you know, it's just you don't want to share too much personal information. It just gets messy. Um and it gives them more fuel to like be rude to you and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, nobody knew that he was gay. We were the best of friends. We would chat all the time. And pretty much everyone thought that I was in love with him. <laughs> all of the patients thought I was in love with this boy. And it was really funny to, like, see them be like, oh, you're not talking to him as much today. Are you guys in a fight? Like, they would say the funniest things because they thought I had the biggest crush on him. Um, one day, a patient was like, hey. Have you ever had your palm read? And I was like, I can't say that I have. And he was like, well, you're in luck because I'm a palm reader. (laughs) And this was a patient that was pretty much constantly making comments about, like, us talking a lot, us spending a lot of time together. So he was like, let me read your palm. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I hand him over my hand. And he's like, looking. Hand him over my hand. (laughs) 
he's like looking at all these lines on my hands and he's like tracing them with his fingers and he's like closing his eyes he's like hmm okay 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 and he goes your palm is telling me something your palm is telling me that you are infatuated with one of your co-workers <laughs> I was like is that right is my palm telling me that and he was like yeah and I can tell by the way you're reacting that you're infatuated with one of your coworkers. And I was like, yeah, that's so interesting. I don't know what you mean. And I just played dumb. And he was just like, is it this person? Is it, is it him that you're infatuated with? And I was like, nope, it's not. And he was just obsessed with the idea of us being in love with each other. You're infatuated. Infatuated is just such a funny word, too. Yeah, that's another thing that made it funny. It was, like, not just him thinking that we were in love, but also him using that word. Yeah. It was just a funny little experience. (laughs) He told me also many stories about him, like, performing energy work, which some people really believe in. Yeah. But one experience in particular, he was, like, yeah, I saved someone from falling off of a train with my mind. <laughs> I was like, nice. Like, Good you job. Follow me around. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Have you ever gotten your palm read? For real, for real? Because I kind of want to. No, I've never done it, but I'd be really interested in doing it. Would you actually do it? I think so. I mean, it depends on how much it cost. True. Because I. I definitely am like, oh, yeah, they're just trying to scam me out of my money. Like, that's, like, what I think of. They're like, Um, you're never going to have children. I'm like, oh, no. Interesting. Fascinating. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I think it would be really interesting to go to something like that. And I've... I've heard people talk about, like, oh, yeah, if you have this sign, it means this thing. Or I've seen random things online where I'm like, that's really fascinating. Uh... But it would just be, I think, a really, like, fun experience. Uh, Honestly, what would happen is I know I would, like, be like, oh, that's so silly. But then I'd think about it, like, all the time. (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, whatever. And then I'd write every single detail in my journal. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, have you been watching Ted Lasso? Yeah. So, like, all the stuff with Rebecca. Uh-huh. Spoilers, if you're listening. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Rebecca, like, with all of the, like, uh, fortune teller stuff. I'm like, I would be Rebecca. I would read into everything yeah. and, like, be like, did you really say shite and nining armor? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said those words, right? <laughs> like, I would be, like, a green matchbook. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like I would totally believe it. Yeah, I would be, be like, pretty into it. It Also, though, it makes me think of um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Have you ever seen that? No. He goes and sees a fortune teller. I can't remember if it's a palm reader or not, but he goes and sees a fortune teller, and um, he's trying to find his bike because somebody stole it, and she tells him it's in the basement of the Alamo because she sees, like, something about a basement and Mm. something about the Alamo, like, somewhere else. And it's, like, making stuff up, you know? Oh, So then when he's, like, asking about the basement of the Alamo, people are like, you're stupid, because there's no (laughs) basement in the Alamo. (laughs) Aww. Anyway. That's cute. It's a... It's a goofy movie. (laughs) Not a goofy movie. Not the goofy movie, but... 
the A Goofy movie. It is, but it is Goofy. <laughs> the A Goofy movie. <laughs> that movie actually used to give me nightmares. Um, not like true nightmares, but I was, I liked watching it. But there's this part that always freaked me out. Um, if anybody's seen it, Large Marge <laughs> freaked me out. Yeah, there's this scene where he gets in a truck with Large Marge, who is not technically alive, and her face does this thing where, like, it's, I think it's, like, claymation, but her eyes pop out and all that. Anyway, it, I mean, as a kid, it freaked me out. Now as an adult, I, I don't think it would scare me, but I also haven't watched it since I was a child. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I would have, like, anxiety about it because of my fears when I was a kid, but I wouldn't actually be scared. <laughs> Anyway, you That's should watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> Truly, it's a, a masterpiece of a movie. Um, it's like so, so dumb. <laughs> um, but it's so funny. I mean, Paul Rubens like committing to the Pee Wee Herman thing for so long, just that that was that was who he was, mm-hmm. is so fascinating to me. You know, with, with us talking about mental illness, was that a I don't want to say that Paul Rubens has a mental... He probably does. Everybody has some sort of mental illness. But, like, what... Was it, like, a protection type thing? That, like, oh, I can protect my identity if I'm somebody else? Hmm. Or, like, a creative... Quest? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. My next story is about a very large... Speaking of Large Marge... (laughs) We can call this man Large Marge for the sake of this story. Because he was... Large and he was spooky. <laughs> not because of his mental illness, just because he was big and did not have control over his emotions mm-hmm. or um, appendages and was very physically aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Which <laughs> Olivia had to go through training to know how to tackle someone just in case for this job. Yes. Did you ever end up having... I can't remember. I did not get someone to the ground, but I helped, like, hold someone on the ground once they had been brought down. Wow. So, I don't know if that really counts. I mean... I've never done that. And I would, like, hold... We had this seclusion room where they would go if their behavior was just, like, very aggressive... And I would, like, stand and hold the door open to that room while, like, the men brought the, um, like brought the in. patient in. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to help somehow, but I was always way too scared to get too close to the scene. <laughs> I would be like, okay, I'll be right there in the front, on the front lines. And then I would, like, have no idea what to do, or I would, like, freeze up a little. And so I was always like, I'll just be in the background. Yeah. It's like, better for me here. I'll hold the door. Yeah. <laughs> Because if anyone knows me in real life, you know, I, there's no way I'm getting in any kind of physical altercation in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no. I remember when we found out that she had to go through that training, <laughs> our family was like, the entire family was like, what the hell are you doing there? You do not belong there. I think one of my favorite comments was like Logan talking about like, <laughs> saying like, um, I just, if it's okay with you, I just have to like tuck you to the ground really quick. If that's okay with you. If but everything permission. will be okay afterwards. Like, <laughs> you might get a little bit of rock burn. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Like we're all like, uh, Olivia's not going to do that. 
But also, we were very glad that you had the training just in case. I know. It's, like, honestly comical thinking that I put myself in that position for, like, (laughs) nine months working there. Oh, my gosh. It feels like you were there for an eternity. You're telling me, sister. (laughs) Your job now is much better. Yes. Much better. Anyway, so... Anyways, large march. Yeah. He would lose kind of control of himself and his body. Yeah. He had these outbursts of anger and... When that happened, we would always calmly ask him to go to his room, and usually we would request some kind of, like, forced um, medication for him, like a PRN that would help him calm down. Mm -hmm. Um, And those were usually in the form of, like, shots. So he would go to his room, and we would bring just, like, a big group of people to the room while they give him the shot, so that if he freaks out, there's just a bunch of people there to take care of the situation. That was kind of the protocol. So, we were all (laughs) gearing up to go to his room with the nurses, and just, like, be ready for him to freak out. So, we start walking down there, and luckily there was campus security that we would call to help with a lot of, like, the takedowns and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So, a lot of the time, we didn't really have to worry about it, but they were walking in front of me, and it was me and, like, a few other techs walking behind them, and we were following this man to his bedroom, and he was really upset at us, and he was just, like, rolling his eyes. He was like, oh, I can't believe I have to go to my room. This is so stupid. And he's just, like, dead silent. And then he gets to the door of his room, and he starts to open it. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) which, keep in mind, we're all very on edge because we think that he's already going to, like, physically erupt (laughs) in rage. And so he starts to open his door, and then he stops. And we all stop, too. And we're like, oh, my gosh, what's he about to do? And all of a sudden, he turns around, he goes, boo! Because <laughs> he knew, like, ten people were following him. Yeah. And we all jumped so hard. Like, every security guard, all these big, tough men that were coming with us were just like, oh. <laughs> And he starts laughing hysterically. He's like, I got you guys so good. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing. I was like, wow, he really... He really played us right there because he did exactly what we were expecting him to do, which was like an abrupt motion. But he was just pranking us. But he was like totally controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That is that's hilarious because you're like, okay, yeah, you have these things that you struggle with, but you're aware. Yeah. You're fully aware of like everything. (laughs) And yeah, that's that's kind of awesome. Good job, dude. I know. I was actually kind of proud of him. I was like, nice one. You kind of lightened the mood a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Are you? I don't know if you would be allowed to say this, but what were some of the mental illnesses that people struggled with? Was there like a typical thing you saw, or it just kind of ran the gamut? Like, I don't know. And again, are you even allowed to tell me? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in general, there was a lot of. schizophrenia Mm -hmm. so people hearing things and seeing things that were not there Mm -hmm. um and having delusions and like paranoia also yeah um occasionally there was just like major depression or bipolar disorder but 
those were not as common just because schizophrenia and stuff like that where they where you're having like hallucinations it causes a lot more erratic behavior of course so right. that's why a lot of people end up in like criminal uh activity because <laughs> they don't really know what they're doing fully and um a lot of them were there for drug-induced psychosis as well. Mm, so, okay. Yeah, that is so sad because, like, whether or not, because I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, some people just have schizophrenia, right? Um, yeah, like born. genetic. Yeah. Um, and then there are others that it is brought on because of drug use. Mm-hmm. Um, or exacerbated, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's not the right word to use. I, I was going to say, I mean. like, I'm thinking of somebody that has been, like, it's like a protection because, like, they've been treated poorly or been through, like, really tough situations. Like trauma response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So it's, it's just sad because it is something that, like, not that you can put different types of mental illnesses on a scale necessarily <laughs> but sometimes in my, you definitely can I think you yeah, definitely yeah. can't but I feel like in my mind something like schizophrenia or you think like multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. or uh, uh, like borderline personality disorder I feel like is something you can kind of lump in these they're so extreme and um, I feel like are the hardest to gain any sort of control over mm-hmm. and and so, like, I hate to say I'm not shocked <laughs> that that is, like, mostly what you saw in this situation, but it also makes me, like, even more sad because you know, and I know from, like, hearing you talk so much about your experience there that, like, deep down, these guys, they're, like, really good people that yeah. just end up in unfortunate situations or have episodes where they lose control and are not even aware of what they're doing and um which again is why like I think it's so cool that they have these programs available mm-hmm. to these people but yeah again not that you can like totally put it on a scale but, but I <laughs> do feel like episodes in those sorts of things like they completely are losing control of like who they are and what they d- are doing and that's a pretty common thing in any sort of mental illness but I feel mm-hmm. like more extreme things happen more often with people with those types of mental illnesses and um yeah I just get like so sad (laughs) because I'm like oh I just wish that they had opportunities to live separate from this thing that controls them and just be able to like live a life that live the life that they really are truly worthy of living but that they can't live right now because of things that are out of their control, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It can be quite tragic to be so close to that, for sure. Yeah. I know, I feel like, honestly, because it's not like you work in, like, a happy (laughs) job now. Yeah. (laughs) Right? You're working in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And, um... But, but I do feel like at the mental hospital, you were much more of a sad person. 
Yeah. Which isn't really your personality. Even though like you even though you like sad girl music. That doesn't <laughs> mean that you're a sad girl. <laughs> yeah. But I do feel like it affected you a lot more than what you're currently doing. Um do you feel like some of that is because you didn't necessarily have a big role that you're playing in these guys' lives except for monitoring them and what you're doing now, you're like genuinely helping get people on their feet, which not that you weren't a part of getting them on their feet yeah. at the mental hospital, but it's like, I don't know. Does it feel like different because of that? Or are there other things that make it feel different or you're just more passionate about this? Like what is it that makes you feel happier where you're at now versus where you were a few months ago? Yeah, I think it's um, a combination of several things. Okay. Life circumstances definitely contributed to me not liking that job as much. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of your role as a psych tech is just to kind of follow the guidance of the nurses because they're the nurses and the psychiatrists and you know they're their therapists are the ones creating like this treatment for them and. The techs are there to kind of just provide slash enforce that treatment and to make sure that the unit is running smoothly and safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't feel like I had a huge role in like influencing these guys. And selfishly, I think that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to be a social worker is so that I could like help people and like see the fruits of that effort and see people's lives actually improve because it makes you feel good. You know, it's like very rewarding. Um, but it was also the setting, like you're kind of just prepping them to go to jail a lot of the time. Which is so sad. Um, yeah, it's, it can be a very, dark thing because a lot of them don't even want to leave once they're better because of like the circumstances they're facing outside of the unit and in society um some of them have made decisions that are like going to affect their lives forever and Mm -hmm. their relationships with their family forever and so that was also really sad like seeing them be um remorseful for those things and having to face consequences for things that weren't really their fault technically (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's also some some culture stuff, I think, that was really hard working there, but I don't know if I should get into that, like, staff-wise, so. Oh, yeah. I don't think I should. Um, But, yeah, in my new job, I have a lot more independence. Like, if I think of something new and creative that could help a client, I am, like, free to try out and Mm -hmm. I'm not working with them therapeutically so the stakes are like way less than at the hospital um but yeah it's it's also just like a much more hopeful environment that's good for me so there's a lot of different factors yeah I don't know if that answered your question it totally does (laughs) no it makes sense to me I, I think I would kind of feel the same way where it's like well one I don't feel like I'm making a difference to like there are things that they are literally forced to do mm-hmm. to help them find the, this competency as you talked about and then where you're at now where it's like okay well you're, pro- you're problem solving yeah. rather than just like responding to treatment or to what treatment needs to be and stuff that definitely feels a lot more satisfying yeah it 
and you know, for some people, they might just like being able to like make sure that things are being, you know, dealt out the way that they're supposed to and stuff. So this isn't like everybody should feel the way that we feel, but I totally no, relate yeah. to you. Yeah. And it makes me feel a little bit selfish, like I said, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know that I did make a difference working there, but I think for me, I just like didn't see... I didn't feel rewarded by my effort yeah. very often, and I know that some people don't need that, um, but I definitely do. <laughs> well, it would be really, really challenging to be like, wow, like we helped you to get to a point where like you're better, and then now you just have to go to jail. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like where you're at now, there's the potential of like, oh, I can help you get better and then you have a completely better and different life than what you were just living Mm -hmm. and like that's really cool yeah there's an immediate happy result (laughs) that could happen yeah I know um I knew a few people there that had been there for decades just working at psych techs and I thought that was amazing that they could one, mentally and emotionally handle that work for so long. Mm-hmm. And two, I could tell that they like found a lot of meaning and purpose in it. And yeah. they were the ones like building rapport with the patients the most and um, proposing new ideas to the nurses like, hey, why don't we try this? And so I learned a lot from them. Like, you can make your position a lot more than what it looks like on paper mm-hmm. with um, like building personal relationships with everyone around you. Um, so that was like probably the biggest lesson I learned there was like, this job is what you make it for the most part. (laughs) There's always things out of your control, but, um, I think, yeah, it's all about your perspective. So, well, it is really cool to see people who are passionate about their job, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, there truly is something out there for everyone and um and then to see people who just fully like take a job and commit to it and they are so passionate about it is really really cool to see it's inspiring no matter what kind of job you have and um so to know that there are people in that world that exists there that are passionate about it you're like okay there's a lot of good going to be done for the people who are living here yeah (laughs) because there are people who care that much yeah exactly I think it's good that we're having we're kind of going back and forth between like these funny stories but then these (laughs) serious conversations yeah (laughs) because this could get to a point where it could be like so serious and depressing I think like so fast (laughs) so to be able to be able like you said to kind of just like be able to laugh Mm -hmm. like hey yeah this funny thing happened but then like this is also like the gravity of the situation (laughs) yeah um and hearing about like what it was like for the patients and you know their process of like cool I'm better but now I have to face this thing um or not better but well better is a thing I think when you say better it means like fully healed a lot of the times like that's the connotation that comes with it but really better can just be better than where you were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, improvement. Yeah, improvement is a better word. Uh, so to see this improvement and then to have to face this really tough thing, 
afterwards and not really know what is going to be the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really hard. But and, and then to witness all of that, but then to also be able to be like, you know what? It's funny. Some guy barfed in his cup and I held it for a while. I like, <laughs> and then he drank it. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I will say, so, you know, obviously I, I also am not like a therapist or psychiatrist. Um, people think that I am. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, you know, they, they come in and treat, people just treat their hairstylists like a therapist. I I thought you meant people like actually just ask you, (laughs) are you a therapist? No. (laughs) That's so funny. I guess I did kind of say it that way. Uh, no, people don't ask me that. But yes, like I, uh, people will treat me as if I am their therapist a lot yeah. of the time, and um, and like that's fine. But it can be overwhelming for sure. But I, I do feel like I get some of that same satisfaction of like being able to watch somebody come in and like the weight of the world is on their shoulders, and then they leave just with this like, like they just look lighter, and yeah. whatever that is. Like I had a client today that. She is awesome, and we always have the best conversations. Like, I look forward to my conversations with her. She just makes me feel better about life, and she's incredible. But today, you know, we were talking, and I haven't seen her, actually, I haven't seen her since um, before I went on maternity leave, so it's been quite a while. I mean, it's been over a year (laughs) since I've seen her. Yeah. And it was, you know, fun reunion, it was really great. But she said, she's like, you know, I've been having a really tough couple of days, feeling overwhelmed. I haven't had any time to myself. Are you okay if once we talk about my hair that and get washed, that I just listen to my book and we don't talk? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course. That's amazing. And, you know, and when she asked, she's like, thank you. I just needed that so badly. And, and, you know, we also had the conversation of, I was like, okay, are you cool with me just taking the inspiration and just like going for it so I don't have to ask you questions mm-hmm. and just kind of like seeing where this leads us and she was like yeah and you know I was able to just like do my job and give her her thing which by the way if you need silence when you go get your hair done (laughs) don't feel embarrassed to ask and if your stylist is going to be rude about it maybe find somebody else (laughs) you're like they probably need it honestly that's the thing if you if you as the client desperately need it then you need it and guess what your stylist has been talking all day, mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. So a little bit of silence is good for us too. Um, like, don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Um, but that it's, yeah, even though I'm not in the same industry as you, mm-hmm. it is fun to hear what you talk about um, versus what I witness in my job and being able to see a lot of that same like relief that people can find through getting help, uh, whatever that help may be. Yeah, and people it is, are people. People are people, and we have a lot of issues, <laughs> and we need somebody to help us through them, yeah. um, no matter what they are. And uh, I mean, don't fully treat your ther- your hairstylist as your therapist, because please no, <laughs> that is a lot to take on. But I can totally be a sounding board for things, and um, you know, safe space for you to feel like <laughs> you don't need to put on a show. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. Um, I actually, I always very much appreciate when people are like, can I just have silence today? And I'm like, yeah, because half the time I have to discern that. And sometimes I just like Mm -hmm. can tell I'm like, okay, 
they need it and that's fine but I also worry that they feel awkward because they're like I hope she's not stressing that I'm so quiet and they'll usually be like I'm so sorry I'm quiet today I'm like I don't care if you need that then that's fine you know so when they ask up front then I'm like cool now I know they're not stressing (laughs) because that's I don't want them to be stressed that I'm not talking to them because I can tell that they need quiet (laughs) anyway that was a long tangent that sort of went with what you were talking about no it definitely did (laughs) okay this last one this last story um it's pretty quick, but this is different in that we're not necessarily talking about a patient doing a silly thing. We're talking about me doing a silly thing when I worked there. <laughs> uh, I never told the nurses about this because I was terrified I would get fired if I told them. <laughs> <laughs> but... But now you have a podcast and you don't work there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to share it. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure the only coworker I know that may listen to this was also there and made the same mistake as me. So we're good. We're covered. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. So it was a wonderful sunny day and we decided to take the patients outside. Me and my coworker were like, yeah, we'll take them outside. It'll be so fun. Cause we had like a big field, basketball court, a path they could all walk on and some cornhole. <laughs> were you allowed to take them outside? Like as much as, as long as we had the staff and there was staff that was like willing to go out there. You had to have two at least. So, okay. Um, yeah, we would do it pretty often when it was warm and nice weather. Um, that's good for everybody. Yeah, (laughs) that vitamin D. Yes. So we take them outside. There's probably, I don't know, there's a good group. So maybe around 12 to 15 patients that we took out. And you only needed to have two? (laughs) Wow. I think it's like seven patients to one staff. Okay. Which... <laughs> Don't ask me why, because <laughs> I could that. most definitely get killed by seven patients. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all gang up on me. I don't stand a chance. Yeah. No, that's terrible. But I did have a button that I could push. Oh, yeah. Where right. people would come and help me. So I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, you had your button and you had multiple uh, doors you had to go through to so, get in. So, okay, the doors are part of the story. Oh, okay. <laughs> So we take them outside, um, and since it is like a a mental hospital with people who have severe criminal charges, we had many, many doors with many, many locks. And basically how it worked is there's one person in like this central control, and they can unlock doors pretty much in the whole building. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we could get back inside was like buzzing it. And saying, like, hey, let us back in. This is staff. And they would open the door. Well, we get outside after going through, like, these four locked doors. And everyone's having a great time. Two patients ask me and my coworker if we want to play a game of cornhole with them. Okay. (laughs) So we're like, yeah, sure. Sounds fun. Um... So we start playing this game of cornhole. I'm destroying them, by the way. Amazing. Loved it. Um, Only time I've ever been good at cornhole, which is why I was getting so distracted, okay? Yeah. But technically, we were supposed to be keeping an eye on everybody. Right. (laughs) Oh, no. While we were playing, (laughs) one of the patients had buzzed in back into the building towards 
and he was like going towards the exit and he actually made it which we didn't know this until afterwards (sighs) but he made it through two more of the locked doors and was he only had to get through one more locked door before he like could escape from the entire hospital oh my god and the only reason he didn't is because the person at that central control who was like locking and unlocking the doors was like wait a second that doesn't really look like a staff member (laughs) and he waited and he was like hey are you a staff member and the patient was like no (laughs) just admitted it straight up he wasn't like yeah i know and he was like what the heck you need to come back in So the patient comes back in and he goes back out the outside door. All of this happened. Like he left and came back from the outside (laughs) courtyard without us even realizing it. Like he could have completely escaped. It was so embarrassing because we had no idea. We didn't even realize any of that had happened until we were going back to the unit. And the central control guy was like, you guys literally almost let a patient escape. And we were like... Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be. That would be terrifying. I know. Um, good thing that didn't actually happen. Um, I know. But now you know. I know. I know. It was um, not my best moments. Definitely. <laughs> I should have been paying more attention. But you the cornhole got the best of me. You were winning. <laughs> and I never win things, so I was really soaking in my glory. Well, we'll have to play cornhole at my parents' house, That's where true. you don't have to worry about any uh, convicts escape- escaping. Um, and you that can we know prove of. yourself. Yeah, that we know of. You can prove yourself again. Yeah. At cornhole, which um, just know my dad takes it very seriously. As he does all games. <laughs> yeah. Not like the serious where you're like, oof, you are not fun. Um, he's just serious because he's in his own mind of like, okay, what is the right way to hold the bag? And then the proper way to throw it. Like, what's going to get me the closest, right? Like, he's very analytical, I should say. Gotcha. Um, good old Steve. Good old Steve. <laughs> we'll have to have him on. Yes. He can talk about his pickleball journey, maybe. Yeah. My parents are so funny because I'm like, at some point we need to have you on. And they're like, we don't have interesting lives. I'm like, that's literally the point of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The point is that, like, funny things can happen to ordinary people or that ordinary things can have meaning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and also my parents are very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't matter if it's boring. <laughs> we want to hear your story. <laughs> That's all I got for today. Those are my stories. Cool. About the mental hospital. I hope I didn't expose anyone too much or break HIPAA in a way I didn't realize. So, no one report me. I'm begging you. <laughs> I think you're probably fine. You didn't even give any specifics. Okay. You're good. And I don't work there anymore. I don't think I can be criminally charged for this. No. Um, I do have one more question. Uh, What do you feel like you could pin down, and maybe this will be tough to answer, but what do you feel like you can pin down as, like, the biggest lesson that you learned from working there? Um, I would definitely say the answer I gave earlier of, like, making the most of a position you might consider kind of, like, low on the totem pole or one that you can't really be influential in the way you want to. I think with the right amount of 
like reading the room and being a hard worker, I think you can make a lot more out of that kind of situation. So I really learned that. I also think it was just a good reminder to me to treat everybody as, and this is, this is so hard to say because it's like, how do you even do that? It doesn't make sense sometimes, but to separate people from their choices sometimes. Yeah. And it's like the opposite of what you want to do a lot, which is like, okay, you believe it. So prove it. Show me. Right. Um, which I think is super valid most of the time, but I think it just taught me to like think outside the box and give people the benefit of the doubt in ways that I had never even thought of before. Yeah. Well, and I know what you're saying is not like, just like pretend that people didn't do what they did. Yeah. Um, it's that like, okay sometimes people really aren't their actions because they aren't aware of what's going on. You know, I, I even had a boss that, like, was really manipulative and is not a bad person. <laughs> like, I genuinely don't think that he is aware that he is manipulating people. It is, like, mm-hmm. just not something that he can even, like, think of in his brain that that's what he's doing, but it is 100% what is happening. And um, and I've, I've had to work on that. They're like, oh, you know what? Yeah. He is not a bad person who wants to ruin my life. <laughs> he just has this thing that he hasn't quite figured out about himself. Um... And it can give you a lot of, allow you to have a lot of, um, forgiveness for people when they do not act the way that you feel like they should or that you would. And yeah, I think we miss a lot of that in the world these days. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things ever to have someone do you wrong so bad or someone you love wrong so bad and to remind yourself that like life circumstances led them to be this way but it's like the most important thing to remember like this person is so rude and like I will never understand how someone could do that but you have to try and understand like you have to give them credit for the extenuating life circumstances that have led them to be who they are and that's one of the hardest things about life it is so hard and it's not to say that like those people have to be a prominent person in your life right like you can cut them out of your life yeah uh but to be able to allow grace and like be like all right this is your background so of course you behave this way Mm -hmm. and still hold room for boundaries and like yes not justifying what they do, but, like, I guess understanding them a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I feel like in doing that, you're able to understand yourself a little bit better and to forgive yourself more. Because when you can say, like, okay, this person did this awful thing. I need to set this boundary. Maybe that means they're not going to be in your life anymore. Or, uh that like they're not allowed these privileges in your life anymore whatever that is right 
sometimes I think you have to do that with yourself, right? And so being able to allow that for others and be able to, in a very intense situation, be able to look at the person and say, you know what? I can move past this. I can see who you for who you potentially could be. Mm-hmm. Um, allows you to be able to see that with yourself too. Uh, obviously, you can't cut yourself out of your life, really. Um, you still have to exist with yourself, but you can set boundaries for yourself, right? And be like, okay, that thing was not an okay thing to do. Um, so let's not do that anymore, right? Or let's not mm-hmm. put ourselves in these situations. And um, it would definitely, if we could do that for ourselves and others more, there would be so much more peace in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it would also allow people to heal from their issues a lot faster. Because we could be honest with them and say, you know what? This was not okay. Um, but I hope that you can grow and change. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the cancel culture thing, Mm -hmm. how that can be so much more damaging. Um, and that it doesn't allow room for people to grow and change. And so we do need to give people that opportunity. That just does not mean that they have to do it in your space. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. One last thing I want to add, add on to about what you said that you learned is like the first part of what you said that whatever you, job you have, you can make the most of it. Um, there are definitely situations where like you might be in a bad situation and you need to get out. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's separate from this, but in a situation that can still be healthy and um, help you function properly. I think being able to make the most of it so that you're not miserable is really good. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea who you can affect by doing that. Uh, when I went to Florida a couple months ago, my friend and I were walking around Disney Springs and one of the workers there, he was like the trash guy. He's walking around with the garbage, picking stuff up, emptying out trash cans and stuff. He was being so friendly to people. Um, when I saw him, he's like, good to see you back here. You know, I'm like, you don't even know that I was here, but it made me feel like you saw me, right? Like, we don't know each other. And um, he would stand there and, like, sing. And you could just tell he was just, like, eating up every bit of happiness that could come from this job as a trash man at Disney Springs. And um, it made the experience so fun. And you think about, like, he could have just gone about his business and, like, picked up trash. And, you know, I would have been grateful for that, too. But, like, uh, it wouldn't have been memorable. And um, not that you have to, like, <laughs> go that, yeah. it like, all out. But just being able to help people feel comfortable and loved and appreciated is... It's a really special gift to be able to do that. And um, something that I feel like I, I wish that I would have worked on in the past at previous jobs was just being able to be like, you know what? Yes, I'm here doing this job that maybe I'm not stoked about, but I can also 
do good here, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm probably going to be doing the job that I have for a very, very long time, but who knows what the future <laughs> will hold. And that's something that I want to be able to teach my kids that like you can, you make the most of your situation uh, and, and the teaching the difference of like, okay, this is a situation you shouldn't be in versus like a situation that is good, but you need to maybe have a better attitude about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Both of those are equally hard. Yeah. Hard to get out of tough situations and hard to make annoying situations good. <laughs> Equal amounts of effort. Yeah. <laughs> One last question before we wrap up. Did you always know that you wanted to go into social work? Or how did you discover that that was the path you wanted to take career-wise? How do I want to answer this? <laughs> I definitely did not. I didn't even really consider social work as an option as a career. Like, it just didn't even cross my mind Mm -hmm. at all Um, until I was literally about to graduate high school, and I had to decide on a major for the the college I was accepted to. (laughs) Did not get into multiple. Um, I was really dead set on doing journalism and writing and maybe doing like some photo journalism kind of stuff. Did you do that stuff in high school? Yeah. Okay. I got to be the editor-in-chief of our school newspaper my senior year, which was so fun. That's really cool. I got to pick like the, the main front page article and write it every month. And awesome. It was just like one of my best college, or college, one of my best high school experiences, hands down. Mm-hmm. My last article that I wrote for the paper was on mental health because I had this friend who did some really cool art inspired by his own mental health struggles, mm-hmm. and I was like, I bet this is super relatable to a lot of people, and I haven't really thought about it. And at the time. Um, mental health was heavy on my mind because of people, some people that were close to me going through some really difficult times. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this article all about mental health in our school. And like, I interviewed a bunch of students. I interviewed, interviewed the school social worker and it just kind of opened my eyes to how much I cared about it. And so I decided that I wanted to do social work because I wasn't exactly sure like in what way I wanted to help people with these kinds of struggles, but I knew I wanted to be a part of that. So that is kind of what led me to it, which is kind of a fun story because like in my pursuit of just like following my hobbies and doing things I thought were fun, I figured out this really meaningful thing to me. Yeah. And the fact that you, like, stuck with it. Yeah. Right, because so many people change their majors a million times. Yeah, which, don't get me wrong, I did have my doubts <laughs> a few times. Sometimes I was like, why did I do this? It's so hard. I wish I just did art or something, like graphic <laughs> design, and I didn't have to think about all these dark things all the time. <laughs> but I have no regrets. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really awesome, and I'm so happy to hear more about this, because even though some of these stories were familiar to me, and, you know, they were really funny, like I said before, having the balance of both of those, like, the serious and the funny, um, 
feel like is a really good conversation and understanding more about your passion behind what you do is really cool and I don't think something that we've really talked about like even though I know you're passionate about it this is not a level of understanding I've had for it so thank you so much for sharing (laughs) this today Olivia I think this is a wonderful conversation to add to our episodes and With that, we will wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to A Sip Down Memory Lane. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at A Sip Down Memory Lane. And follow us on TikTok at Sips Podcast. And leave us a review. Share us with your friends. And check us out what we're posting on Instagram because we let you know what's coming up every week. And we just love you guys. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you here next Thursday on a sip down memory lane. Bye! Bye! (sighs) (laughs) That was a good crack. Yeah, I needed that.